This is the Doctor. President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 38. We have a packed show for you this week. Certainly have, yeah. Bursting at the seams. We're bursting, mate. The TARDIS is full. That's <laughs> it. We're going to run through some interesting news stuff for you. And then we're going to run into our first Q&A, which is cool. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, we're kind of doing it on the hop a bit, aren't we? We haven't sort of um, sort of looked at the questions too much. We're just going to read them or play the clip and, and go straight in there. So it's, Yes, exactly. We're not going to premeditate too much, I want to be honest with you guys. So we're just going to read them through. We've got some really cool audio clips and uh, some video clips that you guys sent through as well, which is awesome. It is, yeah. It's always good to hear our, our listeners' voices. Yeah, it's cool. And then we're going to run into our review of... The time, yes, the time meddler. Hmm. <laughs> give me your, give me your best Hartnell. Um. One day I shall come <laughs> back. Yes. One day. He's very mm, old school. Not bad, dear boy. My dear boy. Yes. Listening. <laughs> oh, he's very cool. Uh, okay, so how have you been, mate? Last week. I've been good. Yes, I've been good. I've been listening to a little bit more Dark Eyes 4. Um, oh, cool. I'm halfway through that, really enjoying it. And uh, yeah, I've been enjoying the sunshine. I've, I've, I've got the shorts on because it's been lovely. So yes, I'm all good. How about you? Um, pretty much the same, minus the Dark Eyes 4 bit. Oh, right. Yes. Um, what have I been up to? Not a lot, really. Um, I've been sorting out the, my... Um, I've been sorting out my... This is really... Uh, very boring and quite anal probably for a lot of you it's uh i've been sorting out my dvd collect my classic who's oh yeah yeah because when i've been buying them i've just been shoving them on the shelf and i've run into a bit of a conundrum what's that a bit of a a bit of a quandary the you know when you buy a box set of the classic who stuff Oh, yeah. It kind of messes with your order a little bit, doesn't it? Oh, because it does. It does. I'm, I'm sure lots of, um, lots of our listeners will have, will have gone through this, um, uh, this pain, as I have, yes. because um, I kind of thought, right, am I going to sort it into, um, into doctor order, or am I going to do it in chronological order? So I thought, right, I'll do it in doctor order. So I'll start with Hartnell, you know, and work through, and group them all together per doctor. Yeah. Which was great, but then... The, the box sets, when you get the three DVDs, it's like, so what do you do? Do you, do you keep them in the box set and just try and put them roughly <laughs> in the region of that Doctor region? Or do you take them out and bin the box? Hmm. Oh, no, I, I feel your pain. I, I've been through this. Oh, yes. I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is because they'll put like a first Doctor story in with a fifth Doctor story or whatever, or third Doctor with a fifth. And it's really annoying. Yeah, because you're like, where to put it? I know. And also, do you, I mean, don't, you know, I always keep the box, but do you keep the box with the spine bit showing or with the covers showing so that they all match? You know, yeah. it's all these very difficult questions. Yeah, I yes. struggle with it, actually. I do struggle with it. Yeah, I, I sat cross legged um, in my living room uh, for about. <laughs> About 30, 40 minutes 
just mulling this one over. Yeah. And in the end, I just I sod it. I just keep them in the box and just put them at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's just the best the way. Because there's one yeah. of them that's really difficult. I think it's a revisitations one or two box set that's got uh, Caves of Androzani, the movie, and something else. Is it um, Talons of Wing Chiang? Yes, I think so, yeah. I think it's that box set. So you can't do anything with that one because you've got the movie right at the other end. Yeah. And then you've got fourth and fifth. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Very tricky. So, yeah, trials and tribulations of a of a Who fan. What to do with your DVD collection. <laughs> I know. I'll yeah. tell you what else I've been doing this week is chasing up my, I haven't received my ninth Doctor comics, which I'm very angry about. I've been <sighs> chasing up that order. Um, I know you got them. Have you had a chance to flick through them yet? I have read them, yep. Are they good? They are fantastic. Very, very, they are fantastic. <laughs> they're, they're very good. Very good. Uh, uh, well, hopefully mine will arrive soon. I keep. I'm looking at the door expectantly, waiting for the postman. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think I've um, maybe I've annoyed the postman. Maybe he's got them because we painted our gate um, just last weekend, the bank holiday, and uh, <laughs> this is no. This is absolutely true. He. I mean, this is two weeks ago, so it should be dry, right? He arrived at the door yesterday with a blue hand. And I was like, oh, <laughs> he said, have you repainted it? And I was like, no, I haven't, honestly. I said, it should be dry by now. He wasn't very happy. Um, so maybe he's just, just thrown them in the bin on his way here. <laughs> Tardis blue? Tardis, well, no, it's not really. It's a sort of greeny blue, actually. It's a greeny blue. Okay. Yeah, if it was if it was down to me, it'd be Tardis blue, obviously. But uh, no, no, I didn't have much say in it. Oh, dear. Oh dear. So yeah, so hopefully they'll arrive soon because I am looking forward to seeing these Ninth Doctor comics with all their variant covers. I can't even rem remember how many variants I ordered, uh, to be honest, but I ordered a few, so yeah. I think I picked up two. Yeah. Two of them, yeah. They're pretty cool covers, actually. Cool. Yeah, I've got the, uh, the Eccleston in front of the Union Jack flag. Oh yes, yep. yeah, yeah. And, the, and just the standard uh, illustrated... I think he's just in front of the TARDIS with the sonic screwdriver. Very nice. Looks very cool. And it's a really good story, actually. It's um, It kicks off pretty well. This is only a short run, isn't it, for the Ninth Doctor? I think it's... Yeah, uh, that's right. It is. Was it seven or eight issues? Ten issues yeah. tops? Yeah. Which is quite good, actually, because then you know you're going to get the whole set and you won't have to you know, keep going on and on and on. So, yeah. It's, it's very cool. Good. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I need to um, catch up with the um, 10, 11 and... 9, 10, 11 Doctor's comics, because I've got the recent ones of those, but I haven't read them yet. Yeah, I must admit, I've I've got quite a few of the 12th Doctor ones still to read. Um, and, um, yeah, because I started reading the 10 and 11 when, you know, as, as they came out. Yeah. And I'm pretty much still up to date with them, but I've, 12's come out a bit later. Um, so I've kind of put them on a bit of a back burner, but yeah, I've, I've got a bit of that to catch up. So maybe I'll read those while I'm waiting for the 9th Doctor's to pop through the letterbox yeah. if they ever do if they ever do damn <laughs> well i starting yeah. to lose yeah i guess they these you know first issues tend to disappear quick this is what i'm worried about that you know by the time they do get to resend them they'll be won't have half of them in stock but we'll see yeah yeah hopefully mate hopefully yeah yeah if not you'll have to go back in the tardis and uh, go back in time and get them it's easily done yeah i'll let you know if i need you to do that <laughs> talking to the tardis mm. shall we land it and do the news yeah let's do it Brilliant. Brilliant. 
Right, news. First up, happy birthdays. <laughs> da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Happy birthdays, Mr. Peter Davison and Peter Capaldi. Yeah. Um, so on Monday the 13th, we had uh, Mr. Davison, 64. I know. I couldn't believe that. I knew I he ne- was... Uh, can you believe that? No, I never think of him being sort of 60-something at all. No. And he still gets um, loads of work, doesn't he, Peter? Like, I still see him pop up in quite a few little programmes, yeah. quite often yeah. comedies, it seems, these days. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, 64. 64. He just doesn't look it at all. No, he doesn't. I thought he was knocking on a bit. I, I thought he was in his late 50s, but... It's that Gallifreyan face cream. Gallif- <laughs> Gallifreyan face cream. Yeah, there, there's a product. Yeah, there's one for you. But no, he doesn't. No, he's, he he looks uh, good for his age. He does. Um, yeah. And I don't mean this in a cruel way, but it was also Peter Capaldi's birthday on Tuesday, so the following day, and he was 57. Um, and I. I, I don't mean this in a nasty way, but I don't think he's aged as well as Peter. I think he actually, I always thought he was older, let's put it that way. I thought Peter was in his 60s because he's got yeah. a, quite a weathered face and a great face. If you listen, Peter, you've got a very characteristic face, but I, I did think you were slightly older than 57. He's got, a, he's got a weathered face. Yeah, he's got one of those, he looks like he's seen a lot of action, which is perfect for a time <laughs> lord. <laughs> he's got a face of wisdom and experience. That's what I was trying to say. There yes. You go. <laughs> Yeah, no, he does look. Um, it is strange, isn't it? Because I, I thought they were on. I thought they were roughly the same age. I, I guess they are. Well, I don't know. What is it? They're not far off. Six what, years, what do you think? Know. What do you think they did to celebrate? Do you think they had a? Um, I would say that Peter Davison probably didn't do anything. I'm guessing he just had a meal out with a family or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Because um, you got two two uh, two young boys, well, in their teens, I think, aren't they? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Yep. And Capaldi, um, I saw a photo of a birthday cake being given to him on set. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, so um, I'm not sure, well, I'm not sure it was on set or on location, but he was presented with a cake. That's just reminded me, actually. They That means it's a year year ago that they were filming um, Robots of Sherwood then, because I remember seeing a picture of him being given a TARDIS, uh, no, a Dalek stand, you know, like a cake stand. Oh, yeah. Uh, with yeah. all these cakes on for his birthday. Um, so, well, they were filming it. So that must be a year ago today they were filming that, which is okay. scary, isn't it? That's gone quick. That's gone He's probably quick. saying the same thing, yeah. Yeah, because his life will be rocketing along at a pretty fast <laughs> pace since being, being the Doctor. He's definitely a busy champ. I, I loved um, I loved that recently um, when he went to the um, Doctor Experience and he cut that cake and there were some great photos of him like <laughs> surrounded by all these kids holding this knife with a Dalek in the background and stuff and he looked really menacing holding this <laughs> knife. It was just caught at the you know the right moment. So yeah, yeah, that's very cool. So happy birthday, Doctors. Doctors, happy Doctor, mm. happy birthday. Doctor. Yes, that's it. Um, in other news, um, one of our tabloid newspapers not not i wouldn't say one of the most reliable newspapers but they do always seem to have doctor who news um they've and mild there's a mild spoiler if this turns well no there's a spoiler here guys if this turns out to be true so i'll warn you now but basically one of the one of the main tabloid newspapers is is reporting that davros is coming back um in the first two-parter the magician's apprentice um which seems odd because we've got missy in that which has already been confirmed and Seems wouldn't that be a bit crowded if they brought Davros back? Yeah, that does seem a little bit. Doesn't really fit in, but 
you know. Yeah. Uh, I am right in saying that, isn't it? That's is that the episode they're saying he's coming back in? The first two party, yeah, the magician's yeah. apprentice and the witch's familiar. That's it. Yeah. And apparently he's going to be uh, as a kid and it's all based on the line that was in Genesis of the Daleks where the doctors contemplating does he have the right, you know, to wipe out an entire race and apparently it's all to do with that. So it's quite a dark storyline in terms of the doctors contemplating whether he should kill this you know, kid who is Davros, who will become Davros. Um, so yeah. that's what they're reporting. Um, and I've got mixed feelings about this. If it's true, if it's true as a storyline, because it's quite an interesting idea. I have to say quite like the idea, but it is also very dark. Um, it is, you know, bit, in terms yeah. of the subject matter. And we got some very dark subject matter in the last series, and I don't think it was handled particularly well. So I'm a little bit concerned about this because I think it's a good idea as long as they handle it in the right way, if you see what I mean. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the the newer series being dark, I've read a couple of times now that the there's a few stories within Series 9 that will be very dark. Mm. Um, the, apparently, the first this first two-parter is, is going to be very dark, and also... Uh, the one that Mark Gattis is writing as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think we are in for a darker ride on this series. Um, in terms of Davros, I'm not... Davros as a kid? Um, Would yeah, that work? I'm not, I mean, it could work for sure. You know, if it's written mm. in the right way and, it, and it's done well, it could, it could absolutely work. But I'm not sure if it needs to be done. I, I quite like the mystery behind Davros. And, um, yes. you know, I'm, I'm not sure if we need to have that spelled out for us and... And, and led by the hand as to what what he was like and how he became Davros and all that stuff. I'm not sure. So mm. I think, yeah, and, you know, everyone needs to bear in mind that this isn't for sure. Like you say, this is just rumour at the moment. Um, yeah, we're, it was we're reported not, yeah. by the, the Mirror newspaper. I mean, the Mirror are not renowned for always being factually correct, but they've obviously heard a whisper somewhere, whether they've exaggerated or whether. So, that, you know, that maybe there's some truth in it. I don't know. Yeah. That's um and we don't really do spoilers here, but it's um it's a very cool kind of concept and idea if it if it turns out to be true. But yeah, um, we shall wait and see. We shall see. Yeah, I was going to say I I was hesitant whether to talk about it in the news because I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. Certainly wouldn't want to put any spoilers on the podcast. But I'm I'm quite I don't know skeptical about this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, but we'll see. We'll wait and see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We'll wait and see. <laughs> wait and see. Lastly, in the news, um, our US friends um, will be getting some um, some Tenth Doctor action on the Disney XD channel. Oh right! In the Doctor's US, Doctor's going to Disney. Doctor's going to Disney. So ah, that's in quite big. yeah, so on May the ninth, uh, Saturday, yeah, Saturday the ninth of May, um, they will be premiering, 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 whatever that is, um, <laughs> New Earth. Um, Oh dear! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm just not a fan of that. No, I can. I know what they're doing. That they're starting with Tenant, basically, aren't they? You know. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that reaction's oh dear. I'm just not a fan of that particular episode, but yeah. Yes. So, New Earth will go out on Saturday, 9th of May, and then um, on Saturday, the 13th of June. So a little bit of a break. Um, they will show the rest of season two. And I can say season because it's going out in the US and they will call uh, it, they officially will call it season two of Doctor Who. Very true. Very true. So mate, I, yeah. yeah. So don't have to put any money in the jar this week. So <laughs> no. season two, the rest of it will start on Saturday, the 13th of June across 
that week. And um, it's a week-long event for Disney XD called Adventures in Time and Space. Mm. And it will run through to the 20th. So that's very cool. It is cool, actually. And do you know what? I mean, I, I don't... It, it's not the best episode, but actually, for that channel, for a Disney channel, it's probably quite a fun one because of the cats and, you know, the cat people and all that, the cat nurses and the face of Bo. It's got some nice moments in that episode. and It probably is a good one to ease you into it, actually, thinking about it. Yeah, it is pretty good. Um, Very lighthearted, isn't it, in places? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's probably not a bad choice. Yeah, and I think they're going to put it on a bit later for... So, I don't think it's for, like, the young, younger kids, but they're going to put it... I think it's... um whichever time zone in the US, it's either 8pm or 9pm. Yeah. So it's not early for like the, the little ones, but you know, it still appeals to, you know, 10 to teens age, whatever. Um, so that's very cool. So a lot of people who haven't watched Doctor Who before, the younger generation over in the US, who don't maybe, you know, not really feel they want to ever watch Doctor Who before and they watch Disney XD and, you know, it's a good, um, it's a good, sort of stepping stone onto the kids tv stuff because it's only the you know fairly late night bbc otherwise yeah no it is and yeah. i mean you can you don't get much dig, bigger than disney in the states do you i would assume so yeah, yeah i think it's pretty good actually yeah obviously it goes out on bbc america quite often but yeah um, you know in terms of just a pure kids channel this is good because it's uh it will it will hopefully bring in a whole new a whole new raft of younger who fans hope so which is good which is always good. Always good. That's going to wrap for news. So that's the news, yeah. Um, right, so our first Q&A. Ooh, I'm excited about this. You excited? I am, yeah. I mean, I, you know, we've glazed over our eyes over a few of the questions, but there's a lot in there I don't know what's coming. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. to hear what our listeners want to know. <laughs> so we've got a combination of um, audio clips, YouTube clips, and just written questions. That's very cool. So mm. without further ado, it's our Q&A. Right. No pressure, Adam. <laughs> I'm feeling the pressure. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much to all of you that have sent in your uh, your questions to us. We've had loads. Um, yeah. It's going to take us a little while to get through, so we'll, we, we won't take too long. We'll crack on. We'll crack on. So um, the first one came in from Stuart Stockrin on Facebook. Oh, yeah. And he's got five questions for us. Whoa. Yeah. So when, when we announced this on the show and we said, ask us anything or whatever you want, you really have. Right. You asked Good us loads of it. questions. Yeah. <laughs> so question number one to both of us. How did you become a fan of the show? All right. Okay. <laughs> um, well, that's, that's quite an easy one for me. Um, I mean, I just, I, I honestly can't remember a time when I wasn't watching it. Um, I literally grew up watching it. I mean, yeah, that's, I don't know, something hooked me on it as a kid, but I literally, I remember seeing a few um clips of baker i think i've got sort of very early memories of i'm not I'm never quite sure what my first episode was but it was at the end of the tom baker era as a kid sat in front of that television just absolutely loved it i think they repeated they did like a repeat series yeah. of, of shows like a repeat season or whatever um and i don't know what year that would have been but it just got me hooked and i have just watched dot two ever since so cool. yeah 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 for me um I became a fan of the show after I was, after I was just flicking through, I was channel surfing one evening, and uh, I, I think I, I was sort of ten minutes after, 
um, The Beast Below had started. Oh, yes. And um, I was just mesmerized, really, by Matt Smith's performance. And it was it from there. It was that, that episode. So I can't claim to be a, a lifelong Who fan. Um, so, it, yeah, it was back in, I don't know, 2010, 20, 2009, something like whenever that went out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was for me. I became a fan of the show after watching the last 25 minutes or so of that episode. So something grabbed you. It's, I always think it's strange. Yeah, so, I mean, if you were going to ask someone what episode they first saw that you know made them want to watch more, I, don't, I doubt very few people would say Beast Below. Um, but something must have really grabbed you, uh, you know, yeah. and got and got you hooked. Yeah, because I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. yeah, obviously I knew about Doctor Who and I knew about it roughly, um, but I didn't know the details. I didn't know about, you know bigger on the inside you know with his hardest and the doctor and his companions and all that jazz sonic screwdrivers i didn't have a clue mm. really <laughs> so um yeah so it was more like the um the the cool kind of interplay between matt smith and and uh karen amy pond karen, karen gillen gillen yes yeah amy pond yeah so that was it yeah question number two uh to both of us doctor's daughter or unicorn and a wasp uh, unicorn and the wasp for me. Same for me. Yeah. Only because if I don't say that, my wife will kill me. <laughs> it's her favourite episode from that series. Yeah. Well, we we recently reviewed it, and um, and I enjoyed it an awful lot actually. I, I the first time I watched it, I wasn't mad on it, but I really really like that episode now. Yeah. yeah. So I would go with that one. Okay. Uh, number three: Time in the Rani, or Doctor Widow in the Wardrobe. Oh, again, this is very easy for me. <laughs> I can't stand Doctor the Widow, the wardrobe, and I absolutely love Time of the Rani's. So there's my answer. Um, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Time of the Rani as well because that Doctor Widow and the wardrobe is one of the poorest Christmas specials in my opinion. Mm. That was very bad. It was yeah, it's just dreadful. Number four. This is for you, Adam. Oh right. Um, what made you want to start your YouTube channel, The Geek's Handbag? Oh right. Um... A couple of things. Uh, I'll keep it brief, but a couple of things. Um, the first one was I kind of wanted a way to sort of get to interact with other Doctor Who fans and Blake Seven fans and, and that because, um, you know, I've only got a couple of friends that are really into it. I've got one friend who's really mad about Doctor Who. But, yeah, I wanted to sort of, you know, I don't really go on forums much. So I worked sort of a way to connect with fans. And, um, and the other thing was, uh, I, I watched a review or something. I'd, I'd bought. I wanted to buy the Star Trek Blu-ray, and I was trying to find a review because I'd heard all this really bad stuff about the packaging. So I went on YouTube to try and find a review, and I eventually found one that was pretty bad. Um, but I, it was still kind of engaging, and I remember thinking, "Oh, this would be quite fun. I, I might try this. I might do this when I get the new Doctor Who limited edition of uh, Series Six. Was it Series Seven? Series Seven. Okay. Yeah. So I might do that." So that, so that was it. So I did that first review and I really enjoyed doing it. And I was really nervous about uploading because I've heard of all the sort of nasty things and people can do on YouTube. You know, you can get a lot of negative yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, so I was really worried. I thought, well, I'll just put that out there. And, um, and it got quite a good response and I really enjoyed doing it. So I did a couple more. And then before I knew it, I was sort of doing them all the time. And I, and I liked the idea. I think one night I had this idea of uh, the bag, you know, the Geek Sound bag. I, yeah. I liked the idea of having this bottomless bag that I could keep pulling loads of stuff out of um, and that turned into being a handbag because I thought it was quite quite sort of quirky and yeah so that was it really just a combination of that and you know what started out as being sort of a little distraction for something to do outside of work time turned into something I really enjoyed cool um, 
and I'm glad you have started that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I still really enjoy doing it. It's a great channel. So, um, thanks, Wayne. Lastly, from Stuart, this is to me. What made you come up with the idea of this brilliant podcast? Mm. Um, well, the idea was already done for me, I think, because I was a fan of a few Doctor Who podcasts already. Um, I um, I thought I could probably do that, and I'd started actually um, just doing a standard website blog for a couple of other things um, several months before that. And I thought, I really want to get into podcasts and I really want to do something slightly different from just a written blog. And um, I started doing some research into podcasts. And, and like I said, I'd already listened to or was actively listening to a lot of podcasts anyway. So I thought, well, this doesn't seem too bad. It wasn't too difficult. And uh, so I thought, yeah, it would just be a good a good excuse. to what you know What better excuse to start a podcast than, than Doctor Who? And also... Um, I don't really have many close, my, a lot of my close friends are not really into Doctor Who. And um, so I don't really have anybody to converse with. And, you know, as I think it's a lot better for me to, for me to talk to you guys and with you, Adam, about Doctor Who rather than just talking to myself in the car on the way to work. Yeah, no, so, fair enough. Uh, that was the idea. Cool. Cheers, Stuart. Thanks, Stuart. Um, next question is from... Um, I only know this guy by his YouTube name, uh, The Last of the Time Lords. Oh, yes. And he has sent us a YouTube clip. Um, so thank you very much. Let's give that a listen. My first question is, who's your favourite Doctor? So we, that's for each of you. Uh, your favourite New Who episode? Your favourite classic episode? Um, which spin-off do you prefer? Sarah Jane Adventures or Torchwood? And if you were in charge of creating a new spin-off for Doctor Who, what would be your ideal spin-off show? And who would you choose to be the main actor or actress in that show? Thank you for answering my questions, and I hope to hear my questions on the Big Blue Box podcast next week. Thank you. What a nice chap. I recognise that voice. Yeah, his name's Thomas. Hi, Tom. Um, I don't know who's there. So, hello, Thomas. Thanks for your questions, mate. Yeah. Um, what was the first one? Right, so who's your favourite Doctor? Um, Tom, fourth Doctor. Um, ten, and, ten for me. Um, favourite New Who episode? New Who? Yeah. Uh, it's very well, like, fast. Wat yeah, um, Waters, Waters of Mars always springs to mind. Uh, I don't know if it's my favourite, but I really enjoy that one. I, I, parting of the ways is, is one that I just think is really good. Yep. So yeah, those two spring to mind. Okay. Um, this is one of my regrets that we didn't research these before. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, favorite new, oh, um, I will probably say, um, the waters of Mars for me. It's a good one. Either that or, um, Either, oh man, The Waters of Mars or <clears throat> Utopia's good. Yeah. Um, it's got to uh, be a tenant one for you, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm going to say The Waters of Mars for me. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, your favourite classic episode? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> well, there's loads. Favourite I think I'm, I th mm, I th Seeds of Doom is always very, very high on my list the tom baker mm -hmm. seeds of doom i i think i know i always say that because i'd seeds of doom pyramids of mars 
City of Death. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to go Caesar Doom. I love Caesar Doom. Caesar Doom. Okay, um, I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to go with Pyramids of Mars. Yeah, I, I, that's a that's a very close second for me. I love Pyramids as well. Yeah. So good choice. Yeah. Um, which spin-off do you prefer, Sarah Jane Adventures or Torchwood? Um, Torchwood, because I haven't seen all of Sarah Jane Adventures. I always really enjoyed them. They're quite light-hearted, but I'm probably more into Torchwood. Same for that very reason. Yeah. And if you were in charge, what spin-off would you create? And who would the lead actor or actress be? Um, that's a tough one. Not too sure. Hmm. Very good question, Thomas. Um, let me go while you're thinking. Uh, okay. I would probably do... Um, actually, no, you go, because I'm still thinking. All right, okay. Um, well, I, I, I find that quite hard, actually. I, did, I quite liked the guys that were in um, Time Heist. Oh, yeah, I don't know if yeah. you know that the characters. I, I yes. was convinced we were going to see them again. Um, they might make quite a good spin-off. I don't know. Um, I, I'm finding this quite a hard question. I, I can't think of any other because my immediate thoughts are like Captain Jack or something like that. But of course, we've got that. Uh, K9 had a spin-off because you know I love K9. I found my um, could Chameleon come back? <laughs> no, <laughs> Chameleon. I don't know if you see much Chameleon, but no, he couldn't have a spin-off. Uh, Handles maybe? No, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's a tough one, that. Uh, I'm struggling. So, yeah. Uh, do you know, for the fun of it, I'm just going to say Handles, because I loved Handles. Okay. Um, for me, I would like to see, um, and this might surprise some people, I might. I would like to see some more Mickey. Oh, yeah, okay. The reason for that is because at the end of uh, the end of time, you know when the Doctor does his kind of sad, broody, going off to mm -hmm. visit his companions and, you know, before he regenerates? Yeah. Um, there's a there's the bit where he saves Mickey and Martha Martha from the Santaran, and they're obviously freelancing in some kind of alien battle, bounty hunting kind of thing, mm. um, and that looks really cool. Martha and Mickey now married, doing that kind of stuff. I'd like to see some more of that. Yeah, do you know what, mate? That is a really good shout, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. That's a really good one. Yeah, cool. So thank you, Thomas. Thanks, Thomas. Uh, Devin Baker on Facebook. Uh, question one. Best Doctor Who quote? Uh, uh, well, actually, that's easy. That, that's easy. Yeah. For me, Doctor Who quote has got to be, isn't it? One day I shall come <laughs> back. Well, that, that, I know we use it every podcast, but that is a brilliant quote. Is there, is there any better Doctor Who quote than that? Um, I don't think so. I think... Um, it's got to be the ultimate, isn't it? I know it's popular and it's cliched, but... It is amazing. It's a, it's a very heartfelt quote, and it does yeah. it does tug at the old heartstrings every time I hear it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that one as well. I know it's cliched, yeah. but it's amazing. There, I guess so the, the first one that comes to my mind when you said it was Chatwell Wings' Five Rounds Rapid, um, which is a great quote, but I think the one-day one is, is just iconic, yeah. 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 Okay, number two. Best and worst season, new and classic. Best and worst season um yeah so let's do classic first what's the best season from classic who oh my goodness uh, well it's probably it's probably for me it's probably one of the fourth doctor ones um i'm trying to think it'd be the season with pyramids and seeds yeah um because yeah. they're all in one i think it's series 13 
Uh, oh gosh, you're testing me here. I, I am kind of wishing we'd look, look through these. <laughs> um, I think it's series season 13. Uh, it's got Terror of the Zygons, Pyramids of Mars, Android Evasion, Brain of Morbius, which I absolutely love. Love that one. And Seeds yep. of Doom. Yeah, that's a great series. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that one. Same for me. And New Who? New Who? Uh, what, Best? Best. Uh, the one with Tate. I, I love uh, it's Series 4, isn't it? Series 4, Re- yeah. Really like Series 4 uh, with Catherine Tate. Yeah, some okay. really good episodes in that one. Yep, same for me. And the worst, worst. worst of classic. And I've tread very carefully <laughs> here. Um, the worst series for me, and I'm just going to get this out of the way so we can move on, will be McCoy's last series. Okay. Yep. Which you would expect uh, it anyway. Yeah, um, I really like McCoy's last series. The, the worst series series for me from the classic era. I mean, I, I do enjoy it all. Let me just say that. But but um, as a kid, I, I struggled with the Colin Baker. Um, probably his first proper season, twenty two, maybe yep. something like that. Uh, it's got like you know time lash and and the two doctors and which are two doctors okay there's some, there's some good moments but i think if i had to you know if i was sort of forced to pick one i'd probably go with that series because i i didn't enjoy it as a kid it was too too grim and too violent cool okay okay question three from devin is favorite animal uh cats love cats um my favorite animal would be a tiger oh, love tigers okay yeah. uh last question um Wow. We might have to condense this a little bit. Um, the five best and worst Doctor Who stories. Five best and worst? Uh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Let's um, do three. Cause yeah, I've got to say, we did just name a couple of best. I mean, I, yeah. I think um, individual stories, this one. So let's do three. Sorry, Devin. Let's do three, three best and worst. Classic or new Who, whatever you like. Um, well, uh, from the new series, I mean, I, I I love the Empty Child and Doctor Dances. Um, that two parter with the gas mask kid, brilliant. Yep. Uh, Waters of Mars, you already said. Brain of Morbius, I just mentioned. I think that's a brilliant story. Love Brain of Morbius. Um, Pyramids of Mars. What other good ones are there? I mean, there's loads, isn't there? How can you? Yeah, yeah. For, yeah for me, the best ones would be Caves of Androzani. Oh yeah, um, great. Yeah. Pyramids of Mars. Um, Waters of Mars. Uh, and um, Family of Blood. Great. Um, yeah, good choice. That two-parter, yep. Yep. Worst? Mm. Well. Well, I can think of a few. I, I, let's, last time... Yeah. Sorry, go on. Let's not do worst. Oh, no, let's do it. I, I've Are you got, sure? I've got a few, yeah, I'll rattle off a few oh, for you. Oh, God, go Ta- on then. Time Lash. Yeah. Time Flight. Planet of the Dead, I can't stand. Night Terrors, Disastrous, and Nightmare in Silver spring to mind immediately. <laughs> so okay. there you go. There's your, that was five, wasn't it? There's your five worst. Okay, five for me um, would be um, oh, Survival. Oh. Um, which one did I give a low score? I'm sure. Oh, what it was, was the one you? Yeah, what was the one you obliterated? Well, Death in Heaven, you you hated, and that is a crap episode. So we could go with that, couldn't we? Yeah, Survival. Yeah, I only gave it a three. Yeah, Survival. Yeah. Um, Death in Heaven. Death in Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Nightmare in Silver is shocking. Um, yes, yeah, awful. Uh, 
That's three. Let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I can yeah. hear the listeners scream at us from the yeah. other end. Of the- <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. thank you, Devin. Thanks, Devin. Uh, number four on our list is Harry Westergaard. Ah, talking to the seventh doctor. Yes, and we have a clip from old Harry. Here we go. Oh, great. Hello, Adam. Hello, Gary. Hello, faithful listeners of the Big Blue Box podcast. It is I, Harry Westergaard, the famous uh, ranter about how awesome Sylvester McCoy's era is, here today to ask both Gary and Adam uh, a couple questions. So starting out, I would like to know what each of your favorite uh, Sylvester McCoy era stories is, if it is possible. Um, I, I, it's easy, though, obviously, because I really love all of his stories. Um, so it should be easy, because they're obviously all good, um, except for maybe Silver Nemesis and Time in the Rani. Well, in Paradise Story, which is probably bad. But, um, uh, and then I would like to know each of your favorite Seventh Doctor moments. I'm sure Gary's just has to be any one of the R roles, you know, any of them. Uh, maybe one from Survival or something. Uh, or does he rule any in Survival? I don't know. That's not related. Uh, and finally, um, I more of a recommendation. I want you, uh, you guys in the future, I think, should review every one of McCoy's 12 stories. You've got about how many down? About three. So if I could do math, I'd say, oh, wait, you have about nine left. Um, I don't know. I can't math. But uh, so, yeah. That's it for me, um, and yeah, here's to the future. Thank you, Harry. Thanks, Harry. Yeah, Thank here's you, to Harry. the future. Nice uh, Delta and the Bannerman quote there. Love is the answer. Um, right, so what, the favourite Seventh Doctor story. And by the way, he, he did mention that he'd like us to review all the Seventh Doctor, and I'm sure we will, because there's not that many. So yeah. we will eventually, but we will. we're not, we're not going to do them all at once. You know, we need to spread <laughs> them out uh, for, for Gary's sanity. Yeah. But, um, but my favourite Seventh Doctor story is without doubt Remembrance of the Daleks. So I love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. I'm going to say that as well because of the episodes that I have seen so far. Mm. That was the better of the ones I have seen. Yeah. Okay. It's a good one. Fave Seventh Doctor moment. Uh, well, um, probably the, the cafe scene in, the, in Remembrance. So that's a nice scene uh, where he's chatting to the guy about... Um, you know, the ripples of the water and, yeah. you know, the knock-on effect. That's a nice little Seventh Doctor moment. Um, or I, I tell you what, I also love uh, the end of Great Show in the Galaxy when he's he's doing all these clown tricks to the uh, rocks rocks of Ragnarok, which you're going to love, Gary, because you get right... <laughs> I, I can't roll my R's, but the rocks of Ragnarok or whatever it is, he, he does um, say it with rolling R's oh, quite a lot, so you're going to love that one. Um, so on, yeah, Ace. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, favourite Doctor, Seventh Doctor moment for me would be... Um. Well, uh, when they walk off at the end of survival, I guess. Yeah, I thought you might say that. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I'd probably say yeah. That scene in the cafe. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Thank you, Harry. I appreciate your um, your enthusiasm and your love for the Seventh Doctor. He does love the Seventh Doctor. Fair play. So, number five from Taylor Mason. Oh, hello, Taylor. From Facebook, number one for Gary. If you could go back in time to meet one of the deceased doctors, who would you meet? Oh, that's a good question. That is a good one. Um, I would like to go back and meet um, uh, John Pertwee. Yeah. 
uh, for two reasons. First of all, because I thought he was a great doctor and it would be cool to chat with him about um, his, uh, his time on the show and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but secondly, I grew up um, on Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> so he's one of my favourite childhood. Uh, from my childhood, he's one of my favourite actors. And uh, yeah, had me in tears and laughter a lot of the time when I was growing up. So um, before I was even into Doctor Who or that, all that sort of stuff and cartoons, it was uh, Wurzel Gummidge with Pertwee. So that'd be for me. And then the second question is for Adam, for you. Uh, all right. If your house was on fire... Oh, my God. And you only had a few minutes to save a few bits of Doctor Who merchandise. Well, what would that be nightmare. and why? <laughs> what would it be and why? <laughs> oh, that's impossible. Come uh, on. Save... Oh, gosh. Well, um, um, canine, obviously, the, the remote to a canine. We all know how much I love that. Oh, yes, please. To... I couldn't leave him in a burning building. That would just be <laughs> awful. Um, my, I, I do love my seventh Doctor umbrella. Yeah, I'd probably grab that on the way out <laughs> if it wasn't already a light. Mm, my autographs, maybe. Uh, I've got quite a few autographs. My first Doctor Annual. And, oh, and the silver screen. Oh, gosh, it'd be really heavy to, to lug out of a burning building. But the, the handmade TARDIS from silver screen with all the Doctor Who music inside, I'd, I'd probably try and lug that out as well. Right. Um, gosh, I couldn't. Yeah, that's a tough question, Taylor. That's, I don't know. That is a tricky one, actually, because you've got so tricky. much stuff. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> God, that is my word. Imagine it all. No, I can't think about it. I can't no. contemplate it. Don't do it. No. Cool. Okay. Um, next question is from Epic Who on Facebook. And he has emailed in some audio clips for us. Oh, cool. Uh, so here is the first one. What Doctor Who spin-off would you like to see made other than a possible Patanoska Gang spin-off, Torchwood or Sarah Jane Adventures? Ah, the spin-off question again. Yeah, it's quite a tough one that, and it's one of the because I can't think of um, I can't think of strong characters, and the annoying thing is when I'm you know I'll, as soon as we finish doing this, I'll probably think of some, but it's, I find that quite a tough question. I've got one that's a cracker. Go on. If he hadn't have been killed, Clive. Oh yeah, from Rose. Clive, yes, because he's doing all his his um, research in his little shed, and good one. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good one, mate. And number two. What do you think it is that makes Doctor Who so inspiring to so many generations? Um, be, um, be them 60 years old or be them six years old. What is it that makes the show so successful and inspiring on a global scale? That's an interesting one. Uh, yeah, it is. Because it's quite um, subjective, I guess. Um, I think it's because he's, cause he's, a, he's a force for good. Do you know what I mean? Everything he stands for, for is good. Well, he what what's, is that a bit cheesy? But do you know what I mean? He stands for the right, <laughs> doing the right thing. Yep. Most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. Because I was going to say he's like doesn't use violence and stuff, but the, it depends which doctor you you get. Because um, I uh, not like jumping ahead, but there was a bit with the first doctor in in the review we're going to do, which I was like, oh, that's a bit violent. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, I don't know. There, what do you what do you think? What do you think? Yeah, Colin Baker as well, strangling up. Um, Acid baths, yeah. yeah. Um, well, most <laughs> of the time, he's a force for good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would say, uh, in terms of inspiration, it's. Um, I think um, it's one of those things where, with some TV shows, you don't really aspire to be exactly like the the character in a show too much. You know, as much as you enjoy watching 
the program or characters. You don't really want to be that person too much. But I think with the Doctor, I think um, uh, just like you know, the question that was asked from if you're six years old or 60 years old, I think there's a, a big part of us that wants to be the Doctor. Mm. You know, it'd be so cool to, you know, to to regenerate and, and and just be that person who can just travel for hundreds of years and and do that stuff and not have to pay bills and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's cool just to be able to have that freedom, and you yeah. just want. I think everybody wants that, you know, and have cool friends to knock about with them, and, and uh, you know, some inspiration point of view. Um, I know it's cheesy, but like you said, yeah, he's a he's a good guy overall. And also, you the format of it, like you just said, he can because of the TARDIS, everything he can go anywhere, meet anyone from any race or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So it's a limitless possibility, which can include everyone. So yeah. that's I think why it appeals to everyone. Yeah, because he's not stuck anywhere with one sort of set of characters. He can literally go from you know uh, anywhere and include anyone in it. So that's another reason I think. Yeah, and it's got that global. I mean, in terms of global success as well, it's. Um, mm. I think because there's such a vast amount of stuff, you know, from classic stuff all the way through to the new stuff, even it doesn't matter which, what age you are, if you prefer like your classic TV or you know, younger fans who are into the newer stuff or vice versa, all that, you know, there's just so much to like. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter what country you're in or age you are. I'm sure there's something in Doctor Who, even if it's a spin-off, you know, if you're a Sarah Jane fan or all that stuff, there's something to like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, good question. Good question. Um, next up, this is from uh, Louise um, from Lu- Louise Loopyland from YouTube. Oh yeah, hello Louise. Hello, it's Louise from Loopyland on YouTube, and um, I'm a new listener, so I was just wondering how it all began. How did you both meet and end up making this podcast together? Was it Gary who started it? And I have a second small question for Adam. Uh, do you have a special outfit to go with your geek's handbag? Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Love that last question. Yeah, cheers, Louise. Oh, Louise. brilliant. Um, um, yeah, so how did it all start? Well, you know about how it starts. Uh, I started it last... Uh, hold on, was it last year? Yeah. yeah. Uh, last year. Um, and then Adam started to comment on some of the podcasts. Uh, got chatting to Adam, invited him on as a guest. And then, because it went down so well... Um, took some of his Doctor Who merchandise and held him to ransom to <laughs> to come on as a permanent host. So uh, we didn't actually meet until this year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but only a couple of months ago, wasn't it, that we actually finally met in in person? Yeah, in Windsor. Uh, yeah, <laughs> technically. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at the uh, day of the Doctors' convention in Slough, we um we uh, we linked up for the first time. That's right, and I think it might have been. Didn't Remembrance play a part? in why I came on in the podcast in the first place, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't was. I, the, I think that was one of the first ones where I had to come on and, and defend it. So that's, that yeah. played a part in it. And yeah, we just sort of, um, yeah, got on well and then sort of went from there, really. Yeah. So yeah. You kind of wanted to go, you went to bat for, for McCoy and you didn't want me to destroy it completely. <laughs> that's right. And I yeah. don't think I did completely. I think I liked a lot of elements from it, but um, yeah. yeah. And then... Um, over to you, man. This is uh, this is all you. It? This one. Do I have a what was it? Do, do I have, have a special a sp- outfit? A special outfit to go with your geek's handbag. <laughs> oh, look, I love that question. Um, 
I, I wish I did. I don't. I don't have a special outfit. Lies, um, I'm trying lies. to think. What, <laughs> I'm trying to think what a special outfit. Is. Thing is, the geek's handbag is in part inspired by Ace's jacket. So that's you know Ace the Seven Doctor Companion because it's um, got the badges. It's got the blue beater oh, yeah. badge. Yeah. So it's kind of the bag. It's kind of inspired by Ace's jacket. So I guess if I had a special outfit, it might need to be Ace themed. That's a bit of a scary thought. Me dressed as cosplaying as Ace. Uh, Ace with the beard. Um, <laughs> but so anyway, in short, no, I haven't got a special outfit, Louise. And um, now you've put the idea in my head. Maybe I should get one. Perhaps you could give me some suggestions on on what it should uh, include. Because I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool question. Yeah, great. Cheers, Louise. Uh, next up from YouTube, we've got Jarkum Reviews. Oh, yeah. And here is his question. Hi, guys. I love the podcast. I'd like to ask this question for your Q&A. So, what was it like for you guys during the wilderness years? And what did you do to fill the voids of Doctor Who not being on telly? Oh, thank you. Um, this is an easy one for me. So I'll get mine out of the way. I wasn't a Who fan during the wilderness years. Um, however, when there's no new Doctor Who on TV between the series, um, I am just digging through all my other episodes and some big finish stuff. Yes. So that's easy for me. What about you, buddy? Um, yeah, it is, it's a difficult time actually. Uh, not in a, not in a, but it was a difficult time to feel because as I said before, I only had a couple of friends that liked Doctor Who. Um, so when it went off air, you know, I couldn't there was no one there wasn't really much to fit it I, I used to I've always subscribed to Doc 2 magazine so I used to you know really look forward to that I kind of kept thinking it would come back it was only after a couple of years went by that you know you sort of thought you think well no it's not coming back uh, Big Finish filled a gap I, I did get into the Big Finish range quite heavily during the wilderness years and um, and also the DVDs you know the BBC started putting out all the classic stories on DVD um, and I loved collecting those um, so that kind of filled a gap so Doctor Who magazine big finish and just re-watching the classic episodes and um, yeah I think that was it really sounds good yeah yeah thank you Jarkin Jarkin reviews uh, next up Helen Jones from Facebook ah um, which companion from the classic era would you like to see return? Um, Adric. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I do like Adric. Um, <laughs> classic companion. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Adric. You hate Adric. No, I'm going to say Adric. <laughs> I'm, being, know, I'm being serious. It, well, it'd be t- tough for him to come back, but uh, I suppose they could they could do it. Um, Big Finish did it actually. Yeah. Uh, if he didn't, if he didn't cop it. Yeah, um, I would have said Adric purely because you want to see him die all over again. No, no, uh, <laughs> Adam, what's what's with all this <laughs> this hatred? I, no, <laughs> I love Adric. I love I'm, that. I'm, no, <laughs> no, I love Adric. Um, I'd want to see him come back just because it would be an awesome time for him to kind of redeem redeem himself. And uh, to the Adric fans out there, I don't want to start a big war like I have with some of the McCoy fans or anything like that. I, you know. Although Adric is a little bit of a, um, a little bit on the annoying side at times, uh, I think it'd be cool for him to come back and uh, and get his teeth into some some good stories and and show that he could be a cool companion. But as he's dead, um, I'm going to say Susan. Oh yes, yes, I would love to see Susan come back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I I really really wanted her to come back in the fiftieth. Actually, shocked. Um, that yeah. was a scandal. Yeah. 
I've said it to her when I met her. I, I said to her, I'd love to see her come back. Um, as you've said, Susan, I'm going to say uh, Chesterton. I mean, what, why has he not been, you know, oh, they're, no. they're at Coa yeah. School. It's such a missed opportunity. We're, um, yeah, Chesterton. Let's bring him back. Cool. Ian Chesterton. Yeah. Uh, next up from Facebook as well, we have uh, Fionn Walsh, also known as Doctor Who Guy. And these questions are to both of us. So, favourite Doctor Who book? Favourite Doctor Who book? Yeah. Um, I really like The Vault, actually. The, the book Doctor Who The Vault um, just goes through the history of Doctor Who. It's a great book. So, I'll say that. Okay. I will say uh, The Writer's Tale. Oh, which yeah. Which is the Russell T Davies stuff when he was writing the newer stuff yes um torchwood or sherlock sherlock uh, i'm gonna say torchwood because mm-hmm. i don't watch sherlock oh really oh, i really yeah. like sherlock uh number three most underrated fourth doctor story underrated um i've got to think of all the fourth doctor stories now i've i've yeah i know this one Go on then. Yeah. The Brain of Morbius. That's a brilliant episode. Yeah. It doesn't really get rated as highly as his other ones in that series, though. I suppose it gets kind of, yeah, I guess there's some really strong ones in there that might overshadow it a bit. Exactly. Um, Do you know what? I've always kind of liked Megalos um, because it's not the best, but I do think it's a bit underrated. It gets a bit of a a slaying. Yeah, I'm going to say Megalos, and I also love Legopolis and that one gets a lot of flack as well oh yeah but I'm yeah. going to go with Megalos because that one gets forgotten about and I actually think it's, uh, it's it's not too bad that one I quite enjoy it cool and lastly football question Liverpool or Southampton uh, I, I can't stand football so neither um, I will say um, um, uh, Liverpool okay I'll know. say Liverpool yeah I, 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 I have yep. I have no clue about football at all so yeah I'll say Liverpool cool thanks for that mate um, Ryan Anthony on Facebook. Uh, again, questions to both of us. Who is your fave Doctor and villain? Well, fave Doctor's fourth, Tom Baker. Fave villain, and probably, da- I love Davros. Um, so probably Davros. Okay. Um, yeah, so fave Doctor for me is Tenant. And fave villain, um, I will say, I will say, the master from the classic um which one uh who would you say from the classic years dude master wise um roger delgado 100 percent. Um, yeah okay yeah yeah well it's either him or anthony ainley um yeah. or well or, delgado yeah yeah i think delgado's the best question two summarize who in one word amazing <laughs> no that's boring um summarize Come on. It's Limit, limitless. Limitless. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I would say... Fantastic. <laughs> uh, question three. Where does Capaldi sit in your Doctor Who ranking? Very highly in mine. Um, yeah, very highly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's in the top three, I would have said, at the minute. Depending on... I'm waiting to see how he pans out in the next series... Um, to be honest, it's more down to the writers than him because I think he's great. Um, but it's just the way he's written sometimes. So, yeah, very highly, probably top three. Okay. Um, yeah, highly for me as well. I don't really rank Doctors that much. Um, but I would say he's in my top five for sure. Mm. 
Yep. Um, one, two, three. Yeah, probably number four. Number three or four, I would say. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing doctor. Yeah, really good. Uh, just needs some good stories. Yes. Uh, right, question number four. Fave Doctor Who merchandise? Um, Bloody hell, here we go. Yeah, where'd you start? Do you need a while, uh, mate? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, I, I love I love all the... I, I do like the, the scars and things, actually. I mean, I buy a lot of the figures, but I love the... I'm not much of a cosplayer, but I love all the sort of um, replicas that you can get, if you know what I mean. So, like, the fourth Doctor yeah. scarf, the umbrella... Um, and there is actually some cool replicas like the, I haven't got it, but the uh, Siege Motardis and things like that. I love the actual sort of props that you can get. So I'd probably say those. Okay. Mine would be my 10th um, Doctor's Sonic TV remote. Oh, I, yeah. I'd love that. I love the stand, how it just stands upright, you know, magnetized. And it's a very good, it's very high quality and it does loads of cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to get one of those. Yeah, it looks yep. really good. And lastly, from Ryan, um, favourite guest star? Um, he actually, um, yeah, he actually stumped me a lot with this one. Guest star? Yeah. He, he gave examples, things like Frank Skinner, from Mummy, you know, that kind of thing. So not a companion, a regular, but, or Simon Pegg from, you know. Well, I don't know if you, my, my favourite... I don't know if you kind of count it as a guest star, but then she only did two, um, is Kate O'Mara Sarani. I just, just that, love yeah. her. I just think she's really, really good. So I'm yeah. going to go with Kate O'Mara. Okay. My favourite guest star um, is Clive from Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just can't get that character out of my head at the moment. Mm. Just amazing. Yeah. Okay. That's Wasted cool. opportunity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> last audio clip. This is from Kai McNamee. Hi, Kai. And he sent us Hello, two Kai. clips, two questions. Let's kick off with the first one. Who is your favourite Doctor Who writer? Which of their stories do you like the most and why? Ooh. Favourite Who writer? Gosh. Um, well, I think, do you know what? I think my favourite writer is probably Terence Dix. Um, because he, he did so many of the Target books. Um, and I used to read them a lot as a kid, so yeah. I loved Tarantino. And he did do some great stories for the actual TV show as well, and some of the time uh, he wasn't credited as, under his own name, so you might not necessarily know, but uh, okay. he did Robot. Uh, Brain of Morbius keeps coming up, he, he you know, is part of that. Uh, Horror Fang Rock he wrote, which is oh, a cool. great one. Yep. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Terence just because of his amazing output on, on Target, and also because he's written a lot of stories that I love, and I'll always be grateful for Terence for doing the Five Doctors, which I think is amazing. So yeah, Terence sticks for me. Okay, um, I was torn actually. I was going to say Terence, uh, but I think I'm going to say Russell T Davies. Yeah. Uh, for two reasons. Firstly, we owe him a lot, and secondly, some of his stories are just mind-blowingly brilliant. Um, for the the first two Doctors of Newer Who, some of the um, yeah, I think we've spoken about it on the podcast before where he has this knack of just writing even the smallest of characters. He has uh, this knack of writing them with such depth and and likability. And it really does make an average story an amazing story. And my favourite story by Russell T. Davies, I think, is... Um, 
I think is the end of time, part one and two. Oh yeah, you like that. Yeah, you like that, don't yeah. you? And I, mm. I know, I know, you know, as we're saying it, there's people going, "The end of time? Are you joking?" Mm. But um, in terms of, you know, I know it's got its flaws and stuff, but in terms of how it's written, I think is amazing. Okay. Yeah. And next question from Kai. What do you think about this story of a college in Stockport teaching Doctor Who as a course? That's <laughs> got. <laughs> I think it's great, actually. I yeah. wish I lived closer. I'll definitely enrol. No, I think it's really, really good. This was the um, we did this in the news, didn't we, a while back? Where yeah, this guy is doing a. I think it's um, I think it's the history of Doctor Who, if mem- if memory serves. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you can learn everything right back from an unearthly child, and even back further how they got the show up and running and stuff, all the way through to the newer stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what you would do with that. That course qualification once you're done with it but i think it would be a really good course to do it would be fun wouldn't it, it yeah. would be yeah. maybe, maybe there's no point to it maybe you don't they're not expecting people to do anything because you know but you know in terms of going to college each night or once a week in the evening to do a course and people say oh, what are you doing at college oh i'm doing a doctor hit that would be a mate that'd be like huge amounts of nerd points for that one yeah, definitely. No, I'd I'd love to do that. It would be fun. Yeah, it would, it, be, would cool. be great fun. So I think it's good. I love the fact that somebody's actually doing that. Yes. Cheers, Kai. Thanks, Kai. And our last one is from Lanto Williams on Facebook uh, to both of us. Who is the biggest Doctor Who fan out of the <laughs> two of you? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> uh, this is easy for me, and it would be Adam. Well, uh, probably because I've because I've I've seen more, I suppose. You know, what I mean, I've I've been around Doctor Who longer. That's the only reason. I don't. I think the passion is is equal for uh, yes. the show. Yeah, the passion is equal. If you're talking about who, you know, has has got more background with Doctor Who, then yeah, it's probably me. Just because, yeah, as I say, I've been watching it ever since I can remember. So yeah, but I don't think that makes you a bigger fan. I think we both got equal amount of passion for the show. Okay, right, yeah. In terms of, yeah, love for the show, it's, um, yeah, I think we're pretty equal, but, uh, in terms of fandom and, uh, yeah, if you ever, yeah, <laughs> if you look at Adam's, uh, if you watch Adam's videos on YouTube, um, you will see the vast amount of Doctor Who. It just, you live Doctor Who pretty much, Adam. Even when we're not recording, you just turn around and you've probably got a huge amount of Doctor Who stuff ready to play with and enjoy. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, but well, it's true. But but the thing is, I think I mean that's that's why I kind of like the dynamic because you know you 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 came into Doctor Who at a totally different time to me. So yeah. but it but, you know it makes it more interesting. So yeah, I don't know. We're both massive Doctor Who fans. Yes, we're cool fans. Yeah, yeah. That concludes our Q and A. Thank you very much for sending in all of your questions. That's a few of those got us stumped. They did. I I thought I was yeah. waiting for you to play the music back in. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah no it's very cool uh, some good questions there yeah some of them quite hard to answer actually they were and there was a, a few times where I thought uh, should we have looked at these in advance should we have uh... it's more fun on the spot yeah otherwise, otherwise it's too planned but yeah hopefully we gave you some good answers back yeah hopefully you know a little bit more about our views and how we feel about certain stuff for Doctor Who mm. um, and we'll probably do another Q&A later on in a year or next year or something yeah and uh, thank you so much for sending in your questions I know it's uh, a little bit of extra effort to do audio clips or videos but um, hopefully it's been cool for you listening to your voice on the podcast and 
yeah, that's going to wrap for the Q&A. Um, what have we got coming up review-wise, buddy? So, well, it's been a while since we visited the first Doctor, isn't it? So it's time for the Time Meddler. All right, that will do. You know, I believe we've come through this corridor twice already. It's no use you playing for time, you know. I want some answers. <laughs> ah! Now, I wouldn't do that if I were you. This may not be a gun, but I can still do you a considerable amount of harm. Oh, a man of violence. I'm surprised at Never you. Never mind about all that. What is it you're doing here? Hmm? What are you up to? Hmm? The door. I must I go. Just leave that, shall we? Hmm? If I don't go, they'll get suspicious. But then we'll both go. I'll open the door, then I can keep an eye on you. Hmm? You <laughs> open the door now, Doctor. That's not a very good idea. Oh, isn't it? Why not? Because you're not wearing the right sort of clothes. Oh! Yes, I see, I see. First you want to open the door, then you want the chance to reverse the position with the help of whoever it is outside. Secondly, you want to get me into a monk's habit so that whoever that is would recognize me as an imposter. Dear me, dear me, what an untrusting nature you have, my son. Yes, and you can drop the monk's act. Mr. Hartnell. Yeah, it's a great scene. I love, I love that bit, actually, um, with the two of them together. Um, there's a character I'd love to see come back, That's the meddling monk. Okay. I'd love to see him return. Uh, obviously, he'd have to be played by a different actor, but, um, yeah, a really great, fun character, I thought. Very cool. So this was back, way, way back, series two. Mm, gosh, hard to imagine. Yeah, 1965. And uh, this is a four-episode uh, affair with um, 25 minutes each. And, um, yeah, so this is, goes back to um, a time when Doctor Who was very um, experimental, I guess. Mm. Um, a combination of experimental and um, I, th I think it was going through a phase, wasn't it, where it was trying to be a bit educational as well. Do you yeah, agree? I think so. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I think it's, um, I mean, like you said, it's at the end of, right at the end of series two. So it's, it's sort of found its feet a bit, but it's also um, this sort of market a change in the series a bit. Because obviously the story before we've just um, said goodbye to Ian and Barbara. Yeah. So we've got a bit of a sort of change of dynamic. And yeah, you're right. They're sort of introducing the historical bit, which they do do, do you know, um, throughout the sort of um, early era of yeah. Doctor Who uh, every now and again. Yeah. Um, and it, I, th I think in this story, it works, works really quite nicely, actually. Yeah, because they put in some quite, um, uh, some, some deliberate kind of dates and events from history, don't they? Like the Battle of mm. Hastings and... Um, you know, 1066 and the Vikings invading and stuff like that. And yeah, they're uh, really explicit with it. I mean, they don't, because mm -hmm. sometimes they just sort of let you think, well, it's a roundabout there or whatever. But they're quite explicit in in telling you exactly when this is set and what's going on, aren't they? Yes. And yeah. um, and so the story, um, yeah, so just to give you a summary of the story, um, the, uh, the Doctor um, with Vicky and Stephen um, land in, is it Northumberland? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's in 1066. So um, this very important historical battle is kind of round the corner. And they um, discover that there's um, a small village and there's a monk living up on the hill. And he's not as he seems. Uh, he's not uh, a classic monk because they, um, when they get to this village and stuff, and they hear like that uh, very spooky monks singing chanting stuff mm. and when we investigate further with the doctor we find out that the monk is actually um a time traveler with his own tardis yeah and what he's doing is he's he's 
going to these key events throughout history and is changing them a little bit. He's kind of, uh, he, well, he thinks he's, you know, making these events better for, for people and for history. And uh, there's a few times where he references things that he's been involved with, like the construction of Stonehenge um, and some other things like that. So he's kind of been pivotal in these big kind of historical moments throughout history. And while he thinks he's doing everybody a big favour and he's trying to help everybody, the Doctor kind of views him as a, as literally, yeah, as, as a meddler, you know, mm. interfering, you know, not, not really, uh, shouldn't be... Um, putting his hand to these important events they should be played out naturally and stuff like that and um, there's also this secondary plot where the Vikings and the Saxons have have got like a little a little kind of skirmish going on and uh, we also have Vicky and Stephen who are um, kind of um, kind of at the odds a lot of the time in this one mm. um, she's wanting to go and do stuff and he like no no we should do this and he's very cynical and um yeah, and uh, and that's pretty much it for like story wise and and like i said it has got this educational element as well it's uh they they reference these important dates and they've got these props like viking helmets and and all that kind of stuff and the little village that they go to inside the um inside their little hut it's got you know like drinking out of a buffalo horn or whatever it is yeah, and all that right. stuff so it's quite it's quite good for like history historical stuff and uh um, and then obviously running through that, we have the doctor himself. So yeah, story-wise, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I gotta say, it's got a nice little story at the heart of it, and I I like the fact that the the monk he's he's not really a bad guy, is he? I mean, he's meddling no, and he's no. trying to change his events, but he's sort of doing it because he thinks you know he can make them better. So, but he's not sort of doing it for any sort of villainous trying to take over the world type thing. And I think that's kind of, kind of refreshing actually, because he is doing something wrong, but it's you know. But it's he's trying to also do something right at the same time. Yeah, um, and that that's quite good. I think that's quite quite nice and quite unusual. Actually, don't often get a story like that. Yeah, and he plays it quite well as well, Peter Butterworth. He's um. Yeah, I was just going to say, let's talk about Peter Butterworth because he's mainly known for his carry on roles, carry on. isn't he? Yeah. Um, and he's I think he's delightful in this. I think he's a really fun. Um, you know, one of these characters that lights up the screen when he's on it. Just, I think he's just again comes back to the facial thing. He's got one of those sort of faces, um, and he gives <laughs> a really nice performance. I, I love, I love Peter Butterworth as the monk. I think he's perfect casting. Yeah, he's really good, and I totally agree. He's got one of those faces. Um, mm. It looks like he's going to burst out laughing at any moment. He's, yeah, he's definitely a comical. Um, he was definitely a uh, a comics actor. And, well, I, um, I love the scenes with him and William Hartnell together. They are both absolutely, like you said about, they look like they're going to burst out laughing. I mean, yes, yeah. Hartnell doesn't always smile, but he's really seems to be relishing the scenes between the two of them, didn't you think? Yes. He look, they look like they're having a lot of fun. Yes. You know? And it was one of those, um, in various scenes with the two of them, um, there was a lot of back and forth. And it's, it was almost, as uh, for me anyway, it was um, the monk... It was almost like he, he always felt like he was in control, even when he was, um, you know, being held at stick point by, mm -hmm. the, by the doctor. And, and even at the very end, even at the very end, when he's reading out the letter from the doctor saying that, you know, the doctor might, you know, release him one day. And even then he's laughing and chuckling along. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. Right up to the very end, just before he looks inside his TARDIS or his time machine, um, he, he's got this element of, kind of confidence about him and he 
because I think he's I'm assuming anyway the character was written that he feels like he's always got this safety net so when he goes to these different historical situations and times if something isn't quite working out that well he knows he can just hop into his time machine and off he goes yeah that's right I mean he's got this kind of invisible safety net and he kind of underestimates the doctor I think yeah he does you know for all the two in and throwing before them like I said he feels like he's even when he's being told and you know what to do and you know he's he's being accosted by the doctor he still thinks that he's got the upper hand yeah because when he's reading the letter he's laughing isn't he? he's going oh you silly old fool yeah. like that you know he's he just to- yeah like you say totally underestimates the doctor and just thinks you know he's he's got it all sort of thing yeah um, but that's lovely isn't it I, lo- I love the fact that doctor leaves in that little note just to sort of tell him <laughs> yeah it's cool and it's one of those um um i think for I could be wrong here, but I think it's one of the earliest examples where uh, the Doctor has dished out some punishment um, kind of passively. Mm. Uh, And um, an example that springs to mind, and the Doctor, they've they've played on this a lot, especially in the new stuff, where, um, like, for example, one of the Tenant episodes, you know, the Family of Blood. I was thinking of that, yeah. Yeah, so at the end, he he doesn't kill them or destroy them. He actually gives them what they wanted. They wanted to live forever. So he he does that, but they're kind of slaves, you know, in this kind of horrible, kind of passively tortured way. Mm. And it's kind of the same thing with this, where the doctor doesn't invoke any kind of rage on him, on the monk, and doesn't, you know, doesn't take him out. He's just, he just cripples his TARDIS, so he can't go anywhere, so he's trapped. And to me, that's more of a, that's more of a punishment. Yeah, he's teaching him a lesson, basically, isn't he? It is, yeah. Yeah. And they've played on that quite a lot throughout the years, haven't they? But especially in some of the newer stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I really like that ending with the when he's reading through the note, and you don't even have to see the Doctor anymore. You, you don't have to see Hartnell because sometimes with that sort of thing, they do a voiceover where mm. you know they could have had Hartnell reading a letter because the monk's reading it in his head, sort of thing. But you don't have to see or hear him anymore. He, it's just a, a awesome end to that story. I was just trying to remember, actually, if there was a voiceover. There isn't, is there? No. He's just reading it, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's the thing. Like you said, it, you do you sort of feel his presence there, even though he's not, which is which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so, talking of his presence, I mean, Hartnell does go on holiday for episode two, so we don't see him at all in episode two. Did you, did you miss him? Did you sort of, were you sat there thinking, well, where's the Doctor? I mean, there's a few um, voice clips played in to suggest he's there. But we know we don't see him at yeah, all. Yeah, you don't see him at all, do you? I th- I assumed that um, it was um, some of the lost footage. They just didn't include it in the second episode. That's what um, I assumed that some of it was lost with him in it. No, no, no. He he <laughs> was on holiday. He actually was on holiday. So they pre-recorded a couple of sound clips and played him into the studio. <laughs> he just went yeah, on holiday. It. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's weird to think that, but I suppose they do do that a little bit in the new series when they have a Doctor Light episode, don't they? They give them a, you know, lighter script. So I suppose it's the same as that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, but did you, I mean, did you find, yeah, did it did it affect your enjoyment not having the Doctor around for that episode? Because he's not in much of episode three either. He sort of comes in it halfway through, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, or do you, did you think that Vicky and, and um, Stephen carried it? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I quite liked... Um, uh, Maureen um, O'Brien and Peter Purvis. I thought they they work quite well together because they're quite different. I was surprised actually how yeah. well they do work together because it's their first 
yeah. sort of proper story together, mm-hmm. and they gel really well. And Maureen O'Brien's um, better than I remember, actually, because I always she never sticks in my mind as being a sort of strong companion. Um, but she's really quite good in this, you know, considering what she's sort of given. She is uh, good. Yeah, yeah, it's good chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, and I like that because they could have quite easily had two companions who were, um, you know, Doctor Doctor, you know, coffee. Yeah, yeah sort of fans. Barbara. Yeah. 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 Um, so I like that um, that Stevens very much um, got this cynical nature and is is very hard to convince and doesn't really believe. Yeah. You know, until his eyes have, have laid on. And uh, whereas, you know, Vicky's because she's been there and done it already you know she knows the crack she knows what's going on so you've got that kind of uh that kind of black and white you know question and answer kind of personalities between them which is really good so i didn't really miss the doctor too much because we had no. that going on and um and i do there's a scene at the start with vicky and the doctor in the tardis which is a i absolutely loved it i love the way this episode starts the doctor's very um melancholy isn't he do you remember yeah. they're having that chat and he's talking about Ian and Barbara leaving and he even mentioned Susan. Susan yeah, There's a yeah. really touching scene between him and Vicky and they both act it really well. I thought it was a really nice start to the episode, uh, you know, and sort of showed them both in a really good light. You know what I mean? Because Hartnell comes in for a bit of stick sometimes and I think it's a bit unfair because I really like William Hartnell as the Doctor um, and I know he struggles with his lines and stuff sometimes. But, uh, you know, even in that scene, he, he, you know, he sort of fluffs a few. Um, yeah, but I don't think yeah. it matters. I think it's just part of the Doctor. I mean, we fluff lines in real life. You know, it's, yeah. it's just, you know, it's just part of it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think she works really well with Stephen and with Hartnell. I think um, she's sort of, she's a good in-between sort of Barbara and Susan character because he's sort of quite protective over her. And he's yeah. very bossy towards her at the end as well. Well, he's telling her to get out of the monk's TARDIS. And, you know, that sort of reminds me of, of how he talk to susan and you know so i think yeah she works well uh maureen o'brien yeah and i was going to mention actually about hartnell fluffing his lines there were mm. two or three times where you can just catch it that he's gone to say the wrong word or whatever but you know i, I quite like that i know it sounds very weird but I, I quite like that it's got a very human human aspect about it you know it's uh it, it just it does show that william hartnell was um you know was struggling a little bit and mm. Don't get me wrong, I don't like the fact that he was struggling, but I like the fact that they didn't edit it out, that they just kept his performance in there. Yeah, like, and actually he's, he's given some really good lines, actually. there's um, One of the bits I wrote down was when he's looking at the space helmet and Steve is questioning it. Oh, yeah. And he says, yeah. uh, what do you think it is, a helmet for a cow? You know, he's really sort yeah. of snappy. And then there's a bit where he's saying about to the monk, no more monkery and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And he's given some really nice little lines. And he, I think his rest probably did him well because in episode four... He seems to be like, you know, on the money to me. He seems He's on to be fire. Yeah, he yeah. really is, isn't he? Yeah. Episode four was really good. Yeah, oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, he love didn't take any four. nonsense in episode four. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, just, I think Hartnell's a bit underrated, actually. You know? Yeah. And it was nice to go back and look at a Hartnell story because I think it's very easy to get swept up in the, in the popularity prize mm. for Classic Who because especially for new fans as well. You know, if you're a, a new fan coming into Doctor Who and you want to start looking at the classic stuff and you ask people on Facebook or whatever, say, you know, recommend some some uh, some classic stories for me. You always get the usual Tom Baker stories and yeah. some Peter Davison ones and maybe a couple of um, McCoy or maybe the odd Troughton, but people don't really go back as far. I mean, the only one that people recommend you watch of Hartnell is An, an Unearthly Child. 
Yeah, or the Aztecs sometimes. Yeah, 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 and people don't really kind of get into his stuff, um, maybe as much as they should, especially newer fans. But he's got some. There are some solid gold um, to be watched in the in the Hartnell stuff, and like you say, some of the lines that he were give, he was given in this one are just so good. Yeah, and, um, and I love it yeah. actually when he's trying to get into the monk's TARDIS. He says something about um, do, how do you get in like, with a hammer and chisel or something like that. <laughs> you know I mean? But the way he delivers it as well is so you know, abrupt and, and that's what I love about Hartnell's doctor is he can deliver a humorous line and it's still funny and he, but he delivers it in a very sort of aggressive manner. Yeah. You know, it's almost yeah. like an old sort of grumpy old school teacher or something, you know, very good. We talked about the violence as well with Hartnell earlier and cause there is a bit where he sort of, you know, there's a couple of bits <laughs> in Hartnell's era where he's not afraid to knock someone out. You know, yeah. uh, I think there's one where he punches someone. I can't remember now, but you know, he's quite a sort of, um, no, a loose cannon at times the first doctor which again i really mm -hmm. like you know yeah i think that's pretty cool because it shows a side that's what i mean before about um what i said earlier about this era of doctor who is um it, it's experimental in some of its ways mm. you know they're still kind of trying to find out you know where this on what line this doctor falls with that kind of stuff you know yeah, because obviously we're meeting another Time Lord for the first time in this episode. Yeah. But we, it's never named. They haven't even, you know, that, that hasn't even entered the show yet. They haven't even mentioned Time Lord at all. Um, so you get the, you know, you get the idea that he's from the same planet as the Doctor. But even that's quite sort of new to the show, isn't it? You know, we don't yeah. really sort of delve back into his backstory much at this point. Uh, but I like that. I mean, we all know he's a Time Lord because of what's come after it. But, you know, it's, back then it's probably the first time we would have met somebody else from his planet which is quite cool yeah. apart from susan obviously but yeah you know what do you think the supporting cast in this one the saxons and the vikings and i think they're okay i think they're i think they're of the time you know what i mean yeah. i don't yeah. I don't think um they don't give a bad performance uh they're not outstanding either but they're just kind of um yeah i think they work fine yeah and they do a reasonable job yeah, yeah. I, I, I do i do like the woman sorry i didn't mean, i do like um edith Edith, yeah, Aletha Charlton. Yes. No relation, as far as I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I do like her. And, again, I don't know why I keep coming back to faces, but something about her, again, I like her screen presence, and she's got a look about her, which I really like. Yeah, I, I thought she was okay. I mean, uh, I I completely agree with you about the rest of the cast as well. There was there was nobody that really stood out and, and kind of really went for it, because sometimes with some episodes the supporting cast, you'll have one or two that really kind of go for it. Yeah. Um, either, you know, because they want to make a mark for themselves and progress as an actor or they, you know, just love the character that they've been given in that story. But um, with the exception of Edith, I think she was okay. She was pretty good. And then the rest of the, the rest of the cast, I think they, they served their purpose. Put it that way. Yeah. You know, there was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, Ulf and Sven. Uh, the two Vikings that kind of buddy up because they're they're crapping themselves because uh, they failed their mission from the from the Viking uh, commander, if you like. Yeah, and, uh, I must admit, I always I always dread a fight scene in the early Doctors because they are so staged. Um, it's not too <laughs> it's not too bad in this one. I mean, it's directed by Dougie Camfield, so it's you know he's always quite good. But but yeah, I always find that when you as soon as you know a fight scene's coming up, like between two cavemen or two Vikings or something, you know, in a, in a 
in the classic dot twos they do tend to be a bit staged but yeah no it's all right in this one i yeah. think I, I did find episode three dragged a bit um that's the only sort of negative i've got about it really i you know episode two even though doctor's not in it still sort of moved along at a good pace episode three there seemed to be a, a little bit too much of um uh wandering around and not not much happening but but it's, it's still, you know, once again, once the Doctor comes back into it, the sort of second half, it does pick up. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's still still overall pretty good, I think. Yeah, I th- I um, I really enjoyed watching through this one, and um, yeah, it's one of those it is one of those episodes where, as I was watching it and watching more of Hartnell when he was in it, um, it, it kind of unlocks like an extra layer of appreciation for the Hartnell era. Yeah, there are some really good stories there, and like I said, it's a shame that people don't recommend more of his, of his stories. But um, yeah, I quite enjoyed all of these episodes. There wasn't anything um, other than the yeah, like you say, the pacing was a little bit it slowed down towards the middle. But I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, uh, overall, yeah, it's nice, nice little sort of. Um, it's quite a sort of easy watch, I think, and it's got a nice little story at the heart of it. Um, and I think the. The monk's brilliant, makes it very watchable, uh, Peter Butterworth, as does Hartnell when he's with him. So, yeah, it's, it's a good little story overall, I think. Yeah. I rather enjoyed it. I do find the end, you know, the end bit where their um, the faces are superimposed over the stars. Oh, that was weird, yeah. That is weird, isn't it? And I, because I'd forgotten about that. It's been a while since I watched it. So when I watched this yesterday and that came up, I was thinking, gosh, what's this about? Yeah. And I, I think it's because it was the end of series two. I think they were just sort of rounding off the series. But it is a... A very sort of um, what's the word um, of the time? Uh, yeah. I can't think of the word, but yeah. it doesn't look dated. But it kind of looks almost psychedelic. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like it, but I wasn't quite expecting it and wasn't too sure what it was about. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect it at all. It was, um, but it was, it was. I didn't mind that. It was quite cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Uh, review scores. Yeah, you're up first this time. Yes, yeah, me first. Um, I, I, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I actually think it's a really enjoyable little story. Uh, quite a simple story. Um, it's not too taxing on the brain. Yeah, overall, really, really good. Uh, as I say, negative, a little bit slow in the middle, but otherwise, very enjoyable. So, 8 out of 10 for me. Okay, I'm going to give it an 8 as well. you giving it an 8? I thought you might. Yeah. I thought you'd be on on the same level as me on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Just, um, well, mainly for the same reasons, to be honest with you. I, it was uh, an easy watch. It was enjoyable. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Vicky and Stephen, uh, their, their play between those two. I really liked Hartnell in this one. Yeah. And um, yeah, just not nothing to complain about, put it that way. Um, and I love, the, it's, I love the fact we get to see another TARDIS, you know, when they go in the Monk's TARDIS. And yeah, yeah. The fact they actually go in that little door and it's still a little <laughs> door. When they go. I, lo- yeah. I really like that. Yeah. So I think episode one and four are just re- really strong really really fun yeah 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 it was a it was a, it was a good one a, a good yeah. one from the from the hartnell classic stuff yeah um got a couple of comments in on uh on facebook uh we had uh Stu Gee. uh he's put it's great fun love the rapport between the doctor and the monk uh steven makes for a, ref- a refreshing new companion and has a great um, com- camaraderie with Vicky. The story is a bit simplistic, but it's full of charm. Very watchable. Yes. Yeah. Spot on. I, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Tom Dix. Uh, at long last, you are receiving all my favourite first Doctor story. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about this story is how Hartnell seems to have matured into the role. Uh, I love the dynamic between Stephen and Vicky and the Doctor. Uh, the monk has to be the best part of the story, though. 
he is just so meddling, mind the pun. Um, I wish he had. I wish we'd see more of him up against one. All in all, a nice, simplistic story that worked effectively. Eight out of ten. All right, so he's on board. Yeah, that's good. He's on board. Um, uh, that was it for Facebook. Did you have anything on the Geeks handbag? Yeah, I had a few, yeah. Uh, Nick Riches, he said this is probably the best Hartnell story. He loves it. Uh, it is sharp, well-written, beautifully acted. To be honest, the story has stood the test of time, and it's as good as anything new who has to offer. Cool. So that's good. Uh, Jamie Robertson, an atmospheric classic, far and away my favourite 60s story. Oh, oh right, wow. so that's good, yeah. Cool. Um, and... Oh, who's this guy? Andy Frankham Allen. Sounds oh, familiar. Who's that guy? Mr. Andy. Mm, sounds familiar. Uh, he says, uh, watch this only last week. Uh, hello, Andy, by the way. Uh, it still holds up very well, and it's nice to see the instant chemistry between Vicky and newcomer Stephen. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, this is probably the last story to be made before everything started to really fall down behind the scenes with the ratings just falling and falling. Uh, took them over a year to find their feet again. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one because... Um, you know, the next series of Verity Leaves and, and all that. So it does start to change a bit. Yeah. Uh, so I know what he means. Yeah. Uh, Will Lloyd. Ah, Hi, competition Will. Will, yeah. Uh, competition winner. Um, a great pseudo historical that goes along at a nice pace and introduces Peter Butterworth, his portrayal of the superb meddling monk, who is another villain I'd like to see return. Brilliant story, he says. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. Sean Hughes, excellent Hi, Sean. story. Probably my favorite Hartnell episode. And finally, Kai McNamee, he says, hi Kai, he says, a classic 60s story, an engaging story and an interesting historical setting. Hartner was on top form with a good mixture of charm and seriousness and Peter Butterworth is a good sparring partner for the Doctor. The supporting cast do a good job and the writing is especially entertaining and humorous. I'd recommend this for anyone wanting to sample the black and white era. Nine out of ten. Oh, cool. A nine. A nine, a nine from Kai. Nice yeah, I think he's Kai. got a good point there. If you were sort of saying to someone about dipping into the black and white, you know, it might be a good one to recommend because it is quite a fun little story. It has got some really nice humour in it as well, I agree. Yeah. Cool. So the time meddler, eight out of ten. Yeah, the meddling monk. The meddling monk he, did, yeah. he is a character I'd love to see return. I don't know who would play him, though, but he would be great great to have him come back um he did appear i was wicked i was looking at this on wikipedia he does crop up um in another story but i believe i mean it's not one i've seen and i believe it's one that may be lost um because it, yeah he makes an appearance in the dalek master plan um which i think there's only a couple of episodes exist in the archives and i don't know if he's in in any of the ones that exist so i'd be really interested to know that because I would love to see more of him, but as far yeah. as I'm aware, he's part of the missing chunk. But if somebody okay. out there knows, then please do let us know, because I would love to see more of the monk and the first doctor. And I love the fact he crops up again, although I get the idea it may have just sort of been for a little cameo, but I'm not too sure. Okay. Yeah. Very good character. So, Simon Medler, thank you very much for your uh, sending in your thoughts and opinions on that one. Um, next week, we're doing one of your faves, mate. Oh, what's next week? I forgot to look. Planet of the Dead. Oh, no. <laughs> is it? It is. Oh, It's come well, round to that time. Well, look, I mean, um, it'll be good for me to rewatch this because I've only ever watched it once, and that was when it went out, and I didn't enjoy it. But that's not to say I won't enjoy it on a rewatch because this happened with Midnight. Um, I hated that when it went out, and I loved it huh? on a second watch. So is it Midnight? Yeah, the one where they're all trapped. Yeah, you hated it. Of, 
Oh, I thought it was like an episode of EastEnders, all oh, shouting. Man. No, I didn't, didn't get into it. Second time I watched it, absolutely loved it. Couldn't believe I was watching the same episode. So maybe the oh, same cool. will happen with this one. We'll find out next week, but I doubt it. We doubt it, okay. <laughs> well, it could. You never know. It could, but I didn't, don't, don't have great memories of this one. Okay, so that'll be a good one then. It will be good, yeah. Cool. So I think we're going to wrap on that for 38. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us for this week. We hope you guys have enjoyed our Q&A. You know yeah, a little bit more about fun. us. Yeah, it's good fun. Uh, and thank you. So lots of thank yous. So thank you for sending in your questions uh, for the Q&A. Thank you for sending in your thoughts and opinions for the review. And thank you just for joining us and listening. Yeah. Um, so next week, Planet of the Dead, we'll put something on Facebook. We've plenty of time, we promise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you can, uh, so you've got plenty of time to give us your thoughts on that. Um, so this is... Um, Planet of the Dead. I'm pretty sure that you and I have spoken a little bit about this before, and I kind of know your feelings, but uh, yes, it'll be a, a good one to uh, to chew the fat on. Oh, it will. And I, as I said, I definitely need to give it a rewatch. So I'm, I am actually looking forward to rewatching this one. I've only ever watched it once, so it's uh, definitely due a review. <laughs> it's, due, it's due a rewatch. Yeah, definitely. Okie dokie. And um, next week. Um, we're also going to go through uh, just more news, more of the same. So be sure to join us every Friday, the Big Blue Box podcast. Jump over to the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to this episode if you want to listen to it again. Listen to all the previous episodes. And you can also jump onto Twitter and Facebook from the links on there. Uh, be sure to check out Adam's YouTube channel, The Geek's Handbag. Plenty of good, good stuff on there. Yep, got some, got a couple of new vids on the way. Uh, I've got one coming out Saturday and another one uh, probably the following Saturday. So yeah, got some good stuff on the way. Yay, good stuff. So thank you once again. We will see you next time. Uh, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And until then, Allons-y! Allons-y!